You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I am your host, Michael Kushner. I hope everyone is doing well, and that this week is finding you well. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. It is so fabulous. Grace McLean is absolutely amazing. I'm actually recording this intro right now from a new sound studio that I built in my closet of my studio. So I really hope that it sounds fabulous. It's uh, it's very um, hands-on DIY home improvement-y, and um, it was really fun to do it. <laughs> uh, thanks, quarantine. If you are a reader, my latest article with Backstage just came out, how to uh, self-promote during COVID-19. And it's all about being a socially responsible artist, making sure that you're creating and getting stuff out there. But that you're being socially responsible and responding accordingly to the world around you. So please read it. Head to uh, my Instagram account, at your multi-hyphenate, or at the Michael Kushner, and you can find it there pretty easily. If you would like to study with me, <laughs> if you would like to coach with me or study with me, session four of multi-hype my multi-hyphenate workshop with kimberly faye greenberg and ashley kate adams is starting up in december uh, we have an incredible week-long course and everyone that walks out well zooms out exits out of the zoom uh has incredible things to say so if you want more information of that how to become a fully functional multi-hyphenate you let me know and we're gonna work together and i can't wait for that also, new episodes of My Broadway Memories start up on December 3rd. My boyfriend Remy Germanario and I will be hosting the show together. It's to keep Broadway alive, and we're so excited about it. Um, that's Thursday, December 3rd. We're having Drag Races, Jackie Cox, and Showbiz Spitfire, Paige Turner, on December 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on December 17th, we have Taylor Mon Jones and Beth Level. It's just going to be a great month of, of shows. And uh, head over to bpn.fm forward slash My Broadway Memory Live at 7 p.m. on December 3rd for an amazing show. So let's get on with the show. My new tradition is that at the beginning of every episode, I like to start with a quote. We did it in my freshman scene study class at Ithaca. Uh, which was hosted none other by Cynthia Henderson, who was a guest in my first season of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. And it really helped set the tone of the moment. So I think having a quote brings us all together. And this quote is smack dab in the front page of my guest's website. This quote is, always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. And that was said by none other than the amazing Judy Garland. Today's guest, I think, represents that like none other. Grace McLean is an actor, playwright, and composer. She is known for her roles in various off-Broadway and Broadway productions, such as Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812, Bedbugs, Alice by Heart, and In the Green, the latter of which she wrote and orchestrated, which is about the life of 12th century saint mystic 
composer and polymath Hildegard von Bingen. Sounds like she's a multi-hyphenate as well. The show was nominated for six awards at the 2020 Lucille Lortel Awards, including Outstanding Musical and McLean won for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Musical. She's also known for her work as a music educator and for fronting the band Grace McLean and Them Apples, who I love. With an artistry that combines Regina Spector's quirkiness, Nellie McKay's jazz sensibilities, Fiona Apple's cutting introspection, Kimbra Sass and Meryl Garbus of Tune Yards Rhythm, McLean adds up to one beautiful weirdo. Manhattan User's Guide writes, This pop and jazz singer writes seriously infectious melodies with seriously antic lyrics. Her voice can raise the roof or she could slide off a note and break your heart. And Stephen Holden of the New York Times says, Miss McLean's voice is a flexible instrument with unexpected reserves of power. Behind her playful adventurousness lies a well of passion. I am so honored to be welcoming one of my huge inspirations, Madam Grace McLean. Hi, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm going to ask that people call me Madam. Madam. Madam, now it's it's no. kind of it's kind of amazing because you originated a character with the name of Madam. Oh, the Grand Dame! I, I you're everything that you're doing is so incredibly inspiring, and I kind of feel like I want this to be like a session where we come and you, like you were just talking about, like come and we'll I'll help you with the things that you're doing. <laughs> like I feel like I could use that from you. If everyone could just see my face right now, I just went, <laughs> I went like Bugs Bunny, like with the hard eyes. I'm just like, Doing, you know, oh my God. Um, I, I'm obsessed with that. I mean, I, first of all, I love, I love helping people without, with, with career. And that's kind of what happened in my last episode with Sophie Thompson. And Sophie is like, I saw her do She Soups a Conquer um, at the National Theater in 2012. And I became obsessed with her. I was like, oh, oh my God, she's everything I want to be. And um, then I saw her do Bracknell in the West End in 2018. And um, that's sort of what the episode became. She was <laughs> like, she was like, I'm not a multi-hyphenate. And I was like, you are because you've done this, 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 and this. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what does it feel like, though, that someone that loves your work considers you that and sees what you do, the way that you present yourself – is in the same light as a multi-hyphenate. And we just had a really lovely conversation and it just made me so giddy. But um, you, my friend, are a multi-hyphenate and I've seen you perform quite a few times. And I'm so, uh, now it's just becoming a love sesh. I mean, I <laughs> I spent time with you backstage of Great Comet. Uh, one of my first shoots. Really? One of my first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my first. Oh, and I'm honored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and was I was so great. really excited to get that because I believe your press rep was Nicole Capitasto. Yeah. And so I, and Nicole was, is a friend. And um, I think because I, I was just starting out in that and I was like, I, I really want, I really want to get Grace and I really want to, yeah, I really want that. And like, could you, I think I had done like maybe three shoots before you. So um, thank you for allowing me to create in oh your presence gosh. in that in that way, kind of throw spaghetti against the wall and hope wow. something sticks. I'm truly honored. I'm truly honored that I, that you were interested in working with me. And I'm, I'm so grateful, especially to, to see and to know all of the many incredible things that you're working on and the, the successes that you're having in these areas and the way that you're able to combine and like, 
I was talking about alignment yesterday with some people, like the way that you are seem to truly be aligning all of your own hyphenations um, into a sort of like directional goal. It's really amazing to see, at least in the way that you just talked about it. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. It looks good. Thank you. And I like the word alignment because like what I like to say is your why. And I think alignment um, is, it's a little clearer um, because my why sort of a lot, uh, when I talk to people about their why, it aligns people down a straight and narrow path of their artistry. That way they can cut the fat and go, actually, I don't need to go on that audition. I don't need to wake up at nine or nine. What Jesus, I don't need to wake (laughs) up at, at seven in the morning. I don't need to uh, buy this outfit. I don't need to, I don't need to, uh, attempt to book that job when it doesn't feel right within me, when it's not the story that I want to tell. And we are as artists allowed to have that agency. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to recognize that sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I really do think that quarantine is helping people realize that because now that everything has been pulled from us, we're sort of collectively experiencing this time of like, work question mark Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and i think that if we survive a period of time where there is no work and we kind of and we're not all starting at this i thought for a second we're starting all collectively at the same place and we're not because then privilege comes into play oh sure you know and that was a very privileged statement on my behalf to be like we're all in the same same you know, starting we're we're all the we're all starting at the same place together, and we're yeah. certainly not. We're certainly not. Right. And um, but uh, we all at least can produce can can come up with an idea and start to think about where we are now and align mm. our hearts with our brains and really take care of ourselves during this time because what is even life? Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I, I love that you said alignment because that's what it's all about. It's being crystal clear with, with what we're doing. And um, especially when we not only have to just sell one thing, it's not, I'm not just selling performance. I'm also now selling photography. I'm also now selling production and now I'm also selling writing. So yeah. that's four times the work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how do you consider yourself a multi-hyphenate? I guess in just that I have a lot of, interests i mean and i don't know if i necessarily think of them as like different threads because they all kind of feed each other i mean even even just what you were talking about with photography and writing and you know performing and all these things like i imagine that the seed of them is the same and the manifestation just happens to have different arms different branches um And so, yeah, I guess in terms of those branches, I would, there's the performer part, there's the writer part, there's the musician part, there's the singer part. I'm just going to make those different branches. Why not? Um, There's the teacher part. There's the student part, which is um, always the most interesting. (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah. And yeah, so I guess that those are the, those are the things that make me a multi-hyphenate really just in, I guess in the most basic way, there's like, there's the, uh, it's interesting because it all becomes kind of the same thing. I was going to say like the, the like 
the voice and the vessel and the writer, but the writer is also a voice and a, and a vessel. And when I say vessel, I mean of like whatever the creative like muses are. Um, but I will say, I'm going to tell you something that I have been doing very recently that I'm, I've been really excited about it. Something I've been thinking about for a long time and I'm like grateful for this opportunity to be able to indulge this interest. And it's truly in being a student. I'm like, um, I'm taking a, an online course in anatomy and physiology of the speech mechanism. And it's, I love it. There are a couple things I love about it. One, um, I'm learning things that are objectively true. <laughs> So it's kind of nice, you know, because in the creative brain, you're just like, what could it be? It could be these things. Where is the truth? How do we find, how do we distill it? And this is like, <laughs> that's where that bone is. This is how this muscle works. And then you, and then you, uh, ultimately there are, you know, pathologies around these things, but it's all about the, it's about like identifying what the pathology is and how to fix it and la la la. But just in this course, anyway, in this first course, it's like, here are the bones and the muscles. Here's how respiration works. Here's how phonation works. Here's how those are related to your brain. And it's just like, I, I really like that I get to say, this is what I'm doing today. I actually can't work on anything else creative because I'm using a different part of my brain and I'm stimulating myself in this academic sense and I'm learning brand new things. I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> I, and that's and that is another thing it's like it, it, it's the tool of listening mm. being able to listen and ingest is so much more it might even be more important than the actual spirit of doing yeah i gotta tell you i i need some like downtime fallow time so 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 much i need it i crave it and it's weirdly you know you were talking about alignment you know uh, but I'm thinking about priorities too, and how priorities are like making themselves known in this time. And not just because there's like, things have been taken away, but the, the loss is great on like many, many fronts. And there's so, so much to be digested. Like the loss is not, it's not just an absence. There's like, there's a contending with the loss. There's a contending with the absence and not just of livelihood, but of life. Um, I mean, like literally life and death. Um, we all know that. Um, and that kind of, at least for me, I'm finding that the, the grief that comes with up that, that can, the grief that comes up with that takes up a lot of space and I, want to give it its space. And I find that if there's something that comes along, if um, there's a project or an opportunity or something to be creative, sometimes those things feel like too much. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm very, very attuned to that right now. And there is something I really have to think like, I love this person and, or I need that paycheck and, or I really like this project, but also do I have room in myself to be able to do that thing justice and also while also being able to take care of myself. And these are the hard questions that I'm finding myself contending with right now. I, you could not have said it better. Um, this time is really, really hard. And uh, something I'm writing about right now is the acceptance of this shift mm. and how we used to, go, I have an 11 a.m. 
and then I have a 12 p.m. and I can't cancel because it's too short a notice and I have to respect their time and this is going to help me get from A, B. That's all, right. all sort of gone now. Now, like, as we're healing from COVID, both like with like uh, Zoom fatigue, but also the literal repercussions of someone infected with COVID, the physicality of this moment is actually painful. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It's not just a it's not just a mental draining, it is a physical draining. Mm -hmm. And if there is a day where we have to give ourselves and the moment space, we sort of have to understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm finding myself like more and more emotional and and grateful for it. Like even just in like talking about this with you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm quite emotional. It's 1130 in the morning and I'm like <laughs> about to cry. And honestly, I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs therapy? Uh, I'm do. actually, I do. I am seeing my therapist. Today. <laughs> yeah, I, my appointment's tomorrow at three. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. Those things feel really important. And I think we all have to understand that that is, that is a part of the moment and different people are dealing with things in different ways. And um, I, I just know for myself that being able to be okay with giving myself time and space to just like be with whatever that, whatever the moment is, is important and good. Like I, I imagine if this, uh, what my life would be like this year, if it had been quote unquote normal and it would have been busy, you know, and busyness is supposed to be like the thing. How are you doing? Are you busy? You seem so busy. Busy is like a compliment. You know, we all know this silly thing. And I also know that I would have been like exhausted and probably ignoring um, some like uh, impulses to take care of myself. And those impulses are screaming right now in a way that I had gotten really good at being like, quiet down, quiet down, quiet down. We'll get to you. 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 Now it's like, you have to get to me now. You have to listen to whatever the tantrum is, whatever that like, whatever the, the care is or the need for care is like uh, quite loud. <laughs> I love that. I love that because have you ever... Uh... Have you ever read the Tao of Pooh? I haven't, but I know of it. The Tao of not not Pooh, but no, the of, Pooh Bear of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. The Tao of Pooh, and um, it's one of my favorite books. And there is a chapter on the busy Baxin, <gasps> and the, I think because the origin of that is Rabbit wrote on a note saying "busy back." busy back soon i but love it so much what oh I know, my god it's genius but wrote <laughs> busy backs in and what is the busy backs in the <gasps> fact that what you just said that being busy is a compliment it is something that we in america we strive for and if we're busy we're successful and good but are we happy right <laughs> yeah but are we happy and it's such an important um such an important sentiment and lesson and, and chapter in the Tao of Pooh. And that book I just recommend for anyone, uh, for anyone anyway, just because it's, um, 
it's such a great, it's such a great read and it's so easy to apply it to our artistry and um, mm. being busy. I have weird moments, a weird relationship with being busy because it's something that come from a Jewish family and not to, uh, not to uh, propel stereotype, but if my grandma doesn't hear from me in a day, I get, I know you're busy. I know, <laughs> I know you're busy, I, but you know, it would be nice if you said hi to me once in a while. I'm like, I talked to you 25 hours ago. I, I, by the time I could call you, you were sleeping. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and uh, she's my best friend. So I'm allowed to, she, I would say this to her face. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so actually, um, there's that sense of like almost guilt for being busy, mm. but then at a cocktail party or an opening night party oh or, or if we're at glass house tavern or something like that. Mm. And we're trying to network quote unquote, right. we lead with our busyness. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm doing this and then I'm on this and then blah, 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 you know, when really I just kind of sort of want to talk about Disney villains. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and like, just like things like that. And I'm a theater nerd. I'm a total theater geek, but like, it's good to talk about other things. And it's good. There, there is life that's happening around, around us. And, um, you know, but, uh, but ooh, love that. Something that you were saying in the, in the, your intro too. sorry if there's, I'm just, I want to remember the things that I was responding to. You were talking about like, oh, self-promotion in this. Yes. time yes. oh that's a thing i uh i was thinking about really particularly today can i say this now my my uh the the cast album for um the show that i wrote that went up last year in the green um will be out on october 16th and it was um it was just officially announced today i've honestly been waiting for this for over a year it's been um really weird having to wait so long but whatever that's over and fine and i guess it'll be out now but um so I knew over the past couple of days that this was going to come out. I had had like a call with some people about the press release. And I was thinking, how am I going to talk about myself right now? Cause I really don't want to, I mean, I'm so, I'm so proud of this work. Like when I think in my own little self and my little heart, like I'm so proud of myself and of all the people who came together to work with me on this project. Like, I think it was great. But at the same time, I'm like, who needs to hear from me right now? Um, There is so much more important stuff going on in the world. But at the same time, like, I know that I have to, to, I'm just expected to, to talk about this thing and I want to. So that's been like a weird little dance in my head that I've been playing with. And, and in all of the announcements that I've, made so far I have acknowledged that I I've acknowledged these feelings that I have which I I'm glad about I'm glad that I wasn't just like and now me sure um, I know yeah like I just want to recognize I want to acknowledge the context that we're in and also I want to acknowledge that I do think that or I do hope for anybody that you know resonates with the material I do think that it's like kind of relevant because of the you know the show is about these women who were quarantined basically they were like locked away from the rest of the world and in that 
you know, situation, they were having to contend with their own demons, their own darknesses, which is, you know, that's what we're doing right now. So I'm, I hope that maybe there's something that resonates about that. There's something relevant about the material. I think that I'm first, first of all, it's, it's something I think that we're all collectively experiencing, which is why I wanted to write about that. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I believe that the, the article will be out by the time that this episode is out, but there, I include three questions in the article that I would like people to sort of, um, and I explain them, but the, um, questions that I've included as a checklist of like, if you're going to be self-promoting one is my post purposeful Mm. two is my post self-focused and three is my post unaware. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, you know, performative wokeness and allyship is extremely harmful. Mm -hmm. But if there is a way that you can sort of include a global outlook to that project or those posts, I think it sort of allows space for a a little more. It's sort you know what I mean? But, um, But ultimately there are so many different situations where posting and self-promotion comes into play. And it's like, one, did we self, did we self-produce this thing or are we contractually obligated to, to do press and to post about it, about a certain project. And Mm. um, that's hard. How do we gauge when we have, when every day there's a new headline that is freaking us out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> but so, so talk to me about In the Green because that's very exciting. Yeah. You're getting a cast album that's coming out on the 12th, the 12th, 16th. The 12th. This cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Facts are fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 16th. Yeah. Uh, it's coming out the 16th. And talk to me about that process because that truthfully included you being a multi-hyphenate and also you're allowed to be excited about it. It's your baby. (laughs) Yeah, it is my baby. Um, yeah, that was, that was a long, hard process. I mean, making that show was one of the hardest things I'd ever done. You know, it was my first experience writing for the theater in that way. I had been a, I'd been writing, music you know for a bit but the uh, the narrative arc of the music I had been writing was like you know three to five minutes but then to write something that was 90 minutes uh was exponentially (laughs) harder um but I'm so glad that I did it because really just because I couldn't get this story or this woman or these these two women really I couldn't get them out of my head I was just obsessed with them and the the way that I find when I'm obsessed with something, the way that I find that I can like scratch that itch is to make something. Um, and so I just, I, I just had to, in order to, in order to digest whatever that obsession was to find out like the root of that resonation. Um, I had to make something out of it. Um, yeah. And in that process, you know, it took, it took many, many years and it took many questions um and ultimately the the question that i can that i kept returning to is like why do i want wh- why do i want to tell this story about this these people who lived 900 years ago in a little monastic 
hut? What is, who cares? And honestly, I had done, there are other people who had, uh, made some shows there's there's at least one movie about Hildegard a German movie from 2012 called Vision it's very good actually um there are other people who have made some sort of theatrical things I went to see some of them and I have to tell you um I don't think they're very good and I think that's because I mean I was there and I liked it but that's because I already had a knowledge of this person and was interested in them and and so I was like if my audience is just people who already know this 900 year old person it's gonna be a pretty small audience like how do I reach a a wider thing because I my my interest was larger than and deeper than just the facts about the person it was like there was something that was yeah, resonating with me, something that was like also inside of me that was spanning centuries. And I wanted to find out what that was. Um, and I had to find out what it was by making the show. Um, so ultimately, you know, it's like the the show was about Hildegard and Jutta, who was the, the character that I played. Jutta was Hildegard's like first mentor. Um, she was the woman they were, she was locked away with um, by choice, ostensibly. Um, for like three decades (laughs) um so it's about them but it was also about me you know a little bit (laughs) and anybody who has um felt like they've had to deal with some kind of trauma I feel like I'm just kind of rambling right now you're not I'm so engaged I'm like I I I'm wishing that I had seen it I um Uh, yeah, I, I'm so, I can't wait to listen to this cast album because I'm such a, I'm such a fan of your sound and your voice. I saw you at Lincoln Center and (gasps) died, literally. (laughs) And also just like your, your vocal choices. First of all, your, your acting is, you're an incredible, incredible actor, (laughs) but your vocal choices in Comet (laughs) are enough to make any gay man (laughs) absolutely tremble and just like (laughs) because like i mean you know like i mean it's like uh, we'll be forever we'll be talking about merman and patty and grace mclean doing great comment and those just that screw that gut that guttural (laughs) scream that you had i will never forget it and you entered to the left of me for Uh this like incredible moment that i Mm -hmm. will never forget of you just like using that f- <laughs> freaking voice that I'm obsessed with. Um, so, so uh, what was your experience like as a performer in it Ooh, and, yeah. al- and also writing it, juggling those aspects? Super hard, y'all. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I knew that I wanted to play, there were two two characters. It was kind of weird because Hildegard was played by three people simultaneously. That was a whole thing about, um, you know, I wanted to be able to, you're talking about voice. I, I, I want to think of the voice as beyond like a vessel for melody and lyrics to be a, a tool, a storytelling tool. Um, and so I wanted to do that with Hildegard and her voice. And Hild- so Hildegard was played with three people so that I could sort of um, fracture and um, manipulate her voice as a character in that way. And then so the character that I played, Yuta, was embodied by one person, but I used my vocal looping mechanism 
um, in order to the sort of like dramaturgical idea behind that was that this person claims to be, you know, not fractured and, and claims to be whole and embodied um, and can then therefore manipulate her voice in, in this way that's a little bit different than Hildegard's. But that is, again, looped and sort of self-contained and only has so far to go. So these are these are like those things I don't think were, were ever said explicitly in the show, but those are the that's the the, the dramaturgical um, uh, what's that called justification behind justification. uh having the three and the one and the way that the voice was used. That's um, hot. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so Yuta had that, that, that looping thing going on and that was, um, that was a thought behind it um, to have this kind of um, measured control over one's voice um, and one's self, I guess. Um, and the limitations of that. I'm control. <laughs> oh yeah, but making it. Um yeah, it was really hard because I uh I wasn't really able to step out of it a lot of the time because of because of the the looping stuff. I I'd, I'd set it up in such a way that it was like if anyone's I, I was kind of the only person who knew how to do it. So um I had to surround myself with people that I really trusted you know to be able to help me because there would there would be times when I would be working on it and I was like ah oh, this feels a little bit weird and I had to parse through does this feel weird because it's not written quite right does this feel weird because I'm not performing it in quite the right way or does this feel weird because it's supposed to feel weird and uncomfortable and that's like that's what the moment is and so those are the questions that I had for myself through <laughs> so much of the you know when we got into actually like putting the thing up on its feet um, and I, uh, you know, I had a wonderful, wonderful team working with me. Lee Sunday Evans was my amazing director and Chris Kukul, um, was my, um, music supervisor. And I, I know Chris from working with Liz Suedos, who's a, an amazing, um, composer I worked with for, uh, a long time, like all through my twenties. Anyway, so, so I, I really, I, I trust, I trust Chris Kukul a lot and, um, Lee was, I worked with her for the past couple of years on this and I, I really learned to trust her and her voice and her vision a lot as well. So that was really useful. And then it was also an interesting thing for me to know that like, I ultimately had like the final say, which was a little bit scary. Be like, do I have to catch somebody else? No, it's mine. I have to say, and like, maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong, but we have to just try it. And that was another thing I learned too, was like, I learned, oh God, that sometimes I had to like, I had to do the wrong thing to know that it was wrong. Um, and sometimes those things led to, whoa, some like really scary. It was like leaning into some vulnerability, like in front of people. Um, and I had some really awful, shameful feelings around that. And I, and in doing that, I also learned like, maybe there are some things that you don't have to share with people, Grace. Like there was this, um, there were a couple of different like retreats that I had gone on to, to work out the writing. And I would, I would be like, uh, I, I was at that time, I was really feeling, and this is in the show too, really that like vulnerability is strength. So if I show my vulnerability, my personal vulnerability, but also my vulnerability in not knowing if this is quite right yet, if I do that, that will be strength and I will learn something from it. I definitely learned something from it. And I do think it's strength, but I don't think that everybody in the world 
shares those <laughs> ideas. And it was, it was really hard to come up against that sometimes for, for me to be like, this is a thing that I'm doing. I'm going to be like strong and open and super vulnerable with you. And people would be like, I don't get it. I don't know what you're doing. Um, and for me to really learn like, oh, maybe I don't get to share my full vulnerability with everybody and with some people that I just, you know, that I don't know and that I don't trust. Have you ever seen on the street, uh, it's protect your, it's like street art. It says protect your magic. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I, when it comes to vulnerability and art, I really, it's, vulnerability is a really interesting thing because I have a lot of clients that come into my studio that want a vulnerable headshot. (laughs) And I'm like, but vulnerability is an active vulnerability Mm -hmm. comes through the active choices that we make. So it's, and, and also when we strive for vulnerability, we can be exposing ourselves in a really raw raw way when that is the um, end all be all. And it's like, it's amazing when we discover like what you're just, what you were just saying, the relationships that we have with vulnerability, Mm -hmm. that we, that vulnerability is absolutely strength, but we are allowed to, we are allowed to keep it safe and we are allowed to, you know, let them be tools for us Mm -hmm. as opposed to the actual product. I don't, there's always a, um, there's always an image that comes to my mind for me. And when uh, Meryl Streep, did uh taming of the shrew in the park in the 70s -hmm. there's a documentary about it that i watched a while ago and they're off stage right and they just do the scene where petruchio is you know they're fighting they run off stage and meryl looks at petruchio and goes who won that i won that that was mine that time that was mine that was mine and I was always really obsessed with that because <laughs> I was like, it's so alive. It's a game. And there are moments that are just meant for us. Mm. And whether or not the audience sort of gets it or not is, I guess that's why they're paying tickets is to mm. <laughs> hopefully connect. But vulnerability is a really, um, she's a really fickle mistress. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And I love that you brought up vulnerability because it's one of my favorite things to talk about because it's because vulnerability has to be active mm. and it, and it, it can't be, we can't strive like in a headshot session, you mm. can't strive to be vulnerable. I want mm. a vulnerability. I want a vulnerable picture. Like mm. it doesn't just, you know, it'll come, it'll come when you connect with that moment. And, right. um, I just, I'm very passionate about vulnerability, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because (sighs) vulnerability, what you said, vulnerability is strength. It is because it shows, uh, it shows that we're aware and that we're present and that we're, um, and that we're compassionate individuals. Yeah. What is vulnerability to you? (laughs) Um, I think that vulnerability is uh, I don't know what this means, but I was going to say defenseless. It's a place of like, yeah, like no, like the walls are down. 
it's very soft and it's very, um, you know, in Harry Potter, <laughs> in the last book, in the last little bit of the movie where Harry's like, he got kind of killed and he's in that little space with, um, with uh, Dumbledore and the weird little like Voldemort, like baby creature is under like, that's vulnerability. <laughs> I think that it is. I think it's like weird and pink and small and like maybe kind of ugly um, and helpless. Um, and there's like care and decisions you have to make around that pink, small, ugly, helpless. Um, human, I'm going to say human because I'm going to take it back to Voldemort. If that was the last bit of his humanity, it was there. It was only that small. He didn't have much of it, but he had it. But yeah, it was pretty much gone. We had to we had to flick that off. Anyway, I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> it just if there is any silence in this episode, it is because my jaw is just like on the floor. I literally am just like that is so brilliant because I love I love that. Oh God! Uh... And it's so true. It's so true. It's like this little. It's like this little like thing that you just like don't want to like you could easily kill. Yeah. You could easily destroy it or you can like to be ch- challenge yourself and sort of maybe nurture it back to health. And yeah. cuz we we start that way, don't we? We come out of the womb and we're totally like, vulnerable, totally helpless, dependent on the care of others. Um and then I think that maybe we spend our lives like learning how to you know stand stand our own two feet and care for ourselves but then do we miss out on what it like what we can gain and what we can continue to gain from the care of others like that's that's community right um and i think a lot of people i don't know like we still have that we still have a a community and all of that but it's not you know like historically like way 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 historically before there was this kind of like this virtual way of connecting with people you had to physically be with people you had to be in community with people to get the things that you needed to like literally survive and now it's so we've gone to a place where it's so easy to really be seemingly fully independent and i think that that can that like severs a, a, a feeling of community because you don't, you know, you can order things online, you can go you get get the things that you need without actually having to engage with people. Um, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but I'm saying something about like the, the there's still a vulnerability, I think in order to really know what that's about requires community, friends, people that you're in contact with. And when I think the thing that, that can happen is that, like I was saying about the walls. And again, if this doesn't resonate with anybody, I could just be talking about myself, but <laughs> myself, that the walls go up and it can be very, very strict. And that little vulnerability can be like slowly dying in there. It's not going to die, but you can try to, you can try to silence it. And it's kind of easy to do that. But in in the silencing of it, I think that you then are like silencing or deadening the nerves that come really alive when there is an interconnectedness with um, your peeps. 
there's an electricity when we allow that vulnerability and those following in the impulses. And when we allow that to happen, I mean, that's, that's magic. That's some, that's when those moments are kept, you know what I mean? That's sort of, it's, it's amazing. I I mean, the imagery that you just came up with is so, it's so great. It's so, Mm -hmm. and it's so honest and I really could talk to you forever, but unfortunately we have to wrap it. Oh my God, it's noon. (laughs) I literally could not be sadder because I could talk to you about so much forever. Oh my God, give me a call. (laughs) Yeah, we just have to, now we just have to like virtually hang out and then we'll hang out when we can. Um, But uh, you're amazing. And um, what was I going to say? I'm just like, now the cogs are turning. So the question that I'm offering everyone today, I'm just looking at my notes and like, what are, we talked about priorities. We talked about hard-hitting questions. We talked about vulnerability. I think I want to know, I want my listeners, viewers, whatever you consider yourself, I want you to ask yourself how you can make vulnerability an active part of your day or just thinking about vulnerability or like what that means to you. I know it's, it's going to be, it's hard and it's, and it's not a day long journey, but it's, um, it's something that we at least got to start somewhere and vulnerability is super important. Grace, where can we find you on social media? If you really want to, you can find me. Uh, my handle is at that Grace McLean. Last name is M C L E A N at that Grace McLean. That's Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Facebook. If you just look up Grace McLean, I'm I'm one of them. <laughs> and and the cast album of In the Green comes out on October 16th. I, I do also have some new Them Apples music that'll be we've been working on for way too long, um, and that should be. Uh, coming out in the next couple of months. I'm excited about that too. On the heels of the castle. Amazing. So we're going to be able to get in the green. We'll be able to get Grace McLean and them apples and just be amazed by the artist, the multi-hyphenate that is Grace McLean. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Michael. Great talking with you. Yes. Great talking. And as always follow dear multi-hyphenate on Instagram. We're at the Michael Kushner on Instagram and talk to me. I answer quickly. So <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.